Welcome to the FinTech One-on-One Podcast. This is Peter Renton, Chairman and Co-Founder of FinTech Nexus. I've been doing these shows since 2013, which makes this the longest-running one-on-one interview show in all of FinTech. Thank you for joining me on this journey. If you like this podcast, you should check out our sister shows, Pitch It, the FinTech Startups Podcast with Todd Anderson, and FinTech Coffee Break with Isabel Castro. Or you can listen to everything we produce by subscribing to the FinTech Nexus podcast channel. Before we get started, I want to talk about our flagship event, FinTech Nexus USA, happening in New York City on May 10th and 11th. The world of finance continues to change at a rapid pace, but we will be separating the wheat from the chaff, covering only the most important topics for you over two action-packed days. More than 10,000 one-on-one meetings will take place, and the biggest names in fintech will be on our keynote stage. You know you need to be there, so go ahead and register at fintechnexus.com and use the discount code PODCAST for 15% off. Today on the show, I'm delighted to welcome Eddie Oystacher. He is the CEO and co-founder of Peach. Now, Peach is a really interesting company. They're focused on lending infrastructure, and they call themselves um, API-first lending technology platform. And they're able to help lenders or help fintechs scale lending products. And we talk about this in, in some depth. We talk about what makes Peach different, their adaptive core. Um, We discuss what that means. We talk about the different lending markets they're involved in. Talk about some of the names who are using Peach today. And we also talk about lending and why many fintechs are looking to get into, into lending right now and how Peach can help them do that. And we talk about loan servicing specifically and the challenges that may come this year where that's concerned talk about that new self-service migration tool and why that's a game changer and much more. It was a fascinating discussion. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast, Eddie. Thanks for having me, Peter. My pleasure. So let's get started by giving the listeners a little bit of background. You've, you've had an interesting career and been in fintech for a while. Why don't you tell us some of the highlights? Happy to. So first of all, I was a uh born in uh, Georgia, the country, and then my family moved to Israel when I was a teenager. And in Israel, my career started as a software engineer. That's where I spent like first, I would say, part of my career as a software engineer, different levels of engineering. And as you guys know, Israel has a lot of different innovations. That's where like, you know, being infused with uh, ideas and, uh, and experience. And then I wanted to move more to the business side. So I decided to do my uh, master's in business and I went to Duke. And that's what the reason that I came to US. At Duke, uh, I completed my master's. And then after Duke, that's what the first time when I was introduced to lending, I joined a company called Innova International, a sort of like hybrid of like product and operational role. Mm-hmm. And that's where, like, I started learning about uh, lending in U.S. And, you know, it was fascinating because it's such a huge market. And when coming from a small country, you suddenly realize, like, oh, my God, it's like a huge industry of, like, credit is there. And specifically, my first, like, experience was 
at Innova International was serving subprime customers, and we had a lot of also international operations. And so I had the luxury of like working on uh, different type of loans, installment loans, lines of credit, as well as payday loans. So after four years working there, I joined a firm as a product manager, and I was leading the core product team. So a firm was my like second rodeo of like being in the heart of the fintechs, and that's where I got my experience of like basically now like working on near prime and prime population in US. And especially that firm, as you guys know, was a uh, innovate and like buy not pay later. So it was like pretty much eye opening. And that's in a nutshell my experience before starting Peach. It looks like a firm was where you were before you started Peach. Tell us the founding story of Peach. And that's a really interesting story because being on the lending side, on the other side, you basically start facing like issues such as like, okay, how are we building the whole infrastructure of lending? Uh, when we looked at the market, we found that there is like no real like flexible vendors or solutions that could serve what a firm needed because by now, PayLater was a time innovative product and none of the existing platforms such as vendors who provide loan management solutions could support our needs. And we decided within the company to build it in-house. So we built the first version. It was really interesting. It was working fine. But when we needed to scale the company to the next level and bring it already to millions of clients, we had to face the decision again. Are we continue to in- invest resources into rebuilding version two of our own, own platform? Or we go outside and like try to find a scalable solution? So we did a market sweep again and couldn't find anything again for the second time. So we decided to build a version two of our platform. And that's that's how eventually like the pitch idea was like, you know, brewed in my mind is basically saying like, what about like building a company that can solve this problem for everyone else, not for a specific use case? And that's how Peach was uh, basically born as, as an idea, as a solution for other fintechs or bank who wants to use a scalable platform for loan management and servicing instead of building in-house. Right, got it. So it's really interesting to me because I, there seems to be a, quite a few companies that are around today that started from people who were at a firm one day. So was Max Levchin, the CEO, supportive of this whole idea? Yes, yes, absolutely. Like Max himself is, you know, multiple like entrepreneur and build a lot of companies. And he always been, he's always tried to infuse this like spirit in people of like, we need to be innovative. And as expected, if you bring a great talent and people work on very complex ideas and solutions and eventually have an idea, okay, how I can now like make it as a product itself, and when people start like after like you know being in the company for like five years, like or three years, like start pitching like you know ideas, and Max was supportive, like, and I think everyone, almost everyone, like who left and started a company, Max basically through his sci-fi and venture capital also was an uh, investor in the seed rounds. Right, right, yeah, I've, I've seen he's done that many times. So, so okay, let's let's just take a step back for a minute. Obviously, you've been in the lending space now for a long time with Anova and Affirm, two market leaders. And now you obviously get to work with a, a range of different lenders uh, at Peach. So I'd love to kind of get your sense of the landscape today for lenders. What are the biggest challenges that they're facing today? I will address this question and just saying like, what's the specific issues that they're now facing in giving the, the market conditions? And then I'll just expand in general, like what normally lenders or any new lender that would that face like regardless of the market conditions. Mm-hmm. So in the current market conditions, there are 
two main challenges, I would say, for lenders today is one is like capital, raising capital to lend money. And uh, this becomes an issue because the, um, the Fed rates are like climbing up, which means uh, as a lender like lending money, your rates, your cost of uh, borrowing money to provide debt to consumers is, is raising. And there is so much interest you can put on consumers. There is so much fees you can put on consumers. So it's basically naturally squeezing your unit economics. Second issue that we see now popping is collections. As you guys know, like uh, or everyone could expect, like during the downturn, there is a lot of people who are late on their payment or not paying at all, and lenders taking the toll of like trying to recover as much as they can. But that's two issues that currently like attributed to overall like market conditions. But if we take a step back and look in general, like when a lender wants like to to launch a successful lending business, there are really like two issues that they need to solve. One is a market fit. I don't think there is any one lender who can design a product that fills everyone. So you have to find exactly what the consumer, what trying you're trying to build and what the consumer needs. So finding quickly market feed is what is super important for like first stages of the company. Like finding market feed means that you need to change your product like very quickly to adapt to what the consumer needs. And the challenge is like if you're building in-house the solution, you're basically giving your team to build one use case. And then if you need to pivot, they need to change the code again, and it takes time. So you're losing a lot of time trying to, to navigate what is the market fit. So that's kind of challenge number one. Challenge number two is once you find the market fit, the solution that you build was not designed to be scalable. And now you're trying to scale quickly, but you're carrying all the technical debt that you built while you were building quickly your market fit solution. So now you're basically chasing the time of like, okay, what I'm investing, like, do I need to invest to scale or like, do I need to scale and then invest? And that's the two basic issues that like every lender challenges. Right, right. Yeah, it's interesting because, yeah, like, because some of the fintech lenders now, they're, you know, 10, 15 years old, some of them. So I imagine the code that they wrote at the early stages of their company is, it's old and may not even be relevant today, right? Yes, like if, if especially if they change the product. So right. if you design your product to do something great, like, and for example, I'll use again a firm like many times on this conversation, a firm build the best in my, in my view, like buy now, pay later platform for their own use case. But if you need to take this product and now to create a different type of product that maybe a, a firm wants to offer, they have to rebuild like or recode or use another platform to offer a different product. Right, gotcha. Okay, so then let's talk about Peach. How do you describe your technology platform today? So Peach is, uh, first of all, it's a software company. So Peach is all-in-one post-origination lending software that is modern, flexible, and asset agnostic. We really the only software platform in the fintech that fintech needs to manage, service, collect, and report in a compliant way on pretty much any asset class that they need. And what we are not is also important to understand is we are not the origination tag and we also not the call center with people. We provide the software layer that the lender needs post-origination. And what it means like all in one we design is there are a lot of parts that come post-origination where you need, you need to make sure that you have communications going to the customers. You need to make sure that you're able to collect. You need to make sure that there is a place where a borrower can come in and, for example, like make modifications there alone, ask something. And if you're not using all in one solution, it means that as a lender, 
you need to pretty much build all these modules and stitch them together. And that's what we're trying to solve is to provide like really modern, flexible, all-in-one platform where you only need each in order to service your loans and collect on them. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. On your website here, it talks about the adaptive core, which looks like you've trademarked, but uh, what is an adaptive core and why is that important? Adaptive core is our proprietary loan management. That's, I would say, the heartbeat of what we build so far. If you think about adaptive core is think about more of like, if I need to make a change, I'm going to change a configuration versus I'm going to need to change my code or introduce a new feature. And that's what adaptive core means. Mm-hmm. It's basically a, an ability for lenders to quickly and easily launch and modify lending products. And because we support virtually any asset class, it's very adaptive to your needs. And we give a lot of, basically a lot of configurability to lender. We have 200 plus like variables that control the loan behavior without needing a single line of code, not from us and not from them. And also like the adaptive core, like helps you a lot to modify the product after you launch it and still stay compliant. Mm-hmm. So again, like just to repeat myself, it just think about is like a changing a single configuration versus like having somebody to code the change. Gotcha. That makes sense. So you've said you work in multiple different asset classes. Can you just tell us some of the asset classes that are most popular? What that you have the most number of clients? Maybe you could just go through some of the some of the different lending niches, shall we say? I will happily explain like what type of like trends we see like in specific in our clientele, but also like I just want to clarify first like there's multiple ways to to slice lending niches or what people call. So we basically support both consumer uh, and business loans. We also, there's another way to slice the market, say we both support like installment loans and revolving lines of credit and credit card. We also support secured and unsecured loans. And now you can create almost like any combination of those. And to just to summarize, we basically support any asset class, which is non-mortgage asset class. Right. We stayed out of mortgages for strategic reasons, at least for, for the next couple of years. It's still an interesting market. I wouldn't call it niche, but it's a market vertical <laughs> mortgage that we're still looking at this and we're still thinking about it. And then what we, in, in our clients, we see like all variety type of lenders, starting from a, a very traditional like lenders who offer a credit card, for example, or traditional buy now, pay later at the point of sale for merchandise. We also see like a traditional healthcare related loans but we also see a lot of specialized lenders. And that's what's interesting is like a lot of people find a specific niche that they're very good at and they understand the market there. And we see like things, for example, like a loan to consumers or to small businesses secured by artwork, for example, or a sort of like line of credit secured by lifetime policy. So those are niche markets and those are niche like lenders that find when I say niche, like in, in the words, it's still a big market, but relatively it's still counted niche. So we see all type of clients on our platform. Right, gotcha. So then do you work with traditional banks as well as fintechs or how does that sort of, do you focus more on one or the other? Uh, that's a very interesting question because initially, like when we launched our product, we started working with the fintechs, I would say like which 
that are not banks, but they do have, for example, bank as a origination behind them. Sure. We move from like uh, which are smaller fintechs to more what we call enterprise and publicly traded type of like fintechs. And just recently, we are going after banks and credit unions or financial institutions, how people call them. So I believe like in the next uh, year or two, we're going to announce uh, and go into like banking as well. Okay, interesting. So I see on your website here, you've got some of the, the names that you're working with, obviously Affirm, you know, Mission Lane Jetty. Can you just share some of the some of the names that work with you that you, I know there's probably some you can't share, but the ones that you can share, can you give us a sense of that? And then, and then just a sense of the scale you guys are at right now. Happy tool. There are like uh, the names that you see on the on the website. There are just some of the names that we are able to share. There are many others I can name publicly at this point, including multiple publicly traded and household name fintechs that we are working with, and but we cannot disclose at this point. But if you look at our like some names that we did disclose, like for example, Remitly and Mission Lane. Mission Lane is a great company. Uh, a lot of veterans from lending. And they're basically trying to solve a lot of multiple issues for non-prime consumers. So some of them is like credit building, others is what they call uh, non-OSA prime, like credit card, for example. And they're launching multiple innovative products to help what people call like underserved customers or uh, non-prime customers. And that's where like Peaches is helping them to launch multiple type of products and iterate on them and find the, what the right market fit and the best product for consumer. On the other hand, like Remitly, for example, is a company that is not a lender at its core. Remitly is the company, the publicly traded company that focused on money transfers overseas, for example, or within the same country. And that's how that's their core business. And they recently like uh, start moving into lending business where, for example, you can take a loan and send money to your uh, loved ones, for example, like overseas, and then from your paycheck paid back. So that's kind of like thinking that like we see we see in those companies and you, and you can feel like there's just like different type of clients that we're working with. There is like a lot of pure lender clients, but there's also a lot of companies that already have some product that works for them and they want to introduce another product. And like one of the like compelling products is to offer like loans and lending products to your existing clientele. I hear a lot of talk about that in the industry when I'm talking to, you know, fintechs who are not lenders, they might have a, you know, some sort of digital banking product or a payments product and they're looking to get into lending. Uh, there's, there's several of the biggest names in fintech are also looking to get into lending. My thesis has always been that lending is really where the money is at. You can only survive a little bit to a certain extent on on interchange fees for debit cards. So, so then Remitly is a perfect example, right? They're not a lender. They've, they're cross-border payments. I actually had their CEO on my on my podcast uh, last year. So a fintech's looking to launch a new lending program. They might have an established, they might have millions of customers and they're looking to launch a new lending program. What? How are you working with them if there's some you know, CEOs or, or you know, executives of these fintechs that are listening? What are some of the things that they really should be looking out for when they're starting a new lending program from scratch? You're absolutely right in your assessment, like looking at existing uh, fintech players that moving into lending, because if you think about it, like consumer or borrower acquisition is really the highest cost for mm -hmm. any lender. And once you have already like 
customer, like the loyal customers, like within your ecosystem, offering them another product and especially offering product like a lending product alone, which has the highest margins if you think about overall like fintechs, that's kind of like almost no brainer. Mm-hmm. The challenge there is like, is because you have this specific type of customers is how you design the product that fits them well. In, for example, remittly case, like offering them like buy now, pay later product doesn't make almost any sense, right? Because that's not, they are not on the remittly platform to purchase uh, merchandise from like, for example, from websites. So you need to find the right product for them. And that's the interesting part of Peach is when we talk to these companies, they always explaining us some like innovative product that they want to construct that is not a traditional one that fits exactly their market niche and exactly their consumers. And that's where we're excited about them because they always like provide like a new view and innovative like view on like the product they want to build because it's not coming from, okay, how optimized from day one, my, my basically profits. It's basically like how I find the product that fits my existing customers. And that's where they come with like a lot of innovative ideas and a lot of basically not challenges, I would say like, but requirements that like for us, it's all makes sense because we did plan the system to basically support innovative products. But for them as a company who is lending is not core, the wrong thing you can do is jump in and start building the product. Because jumping in and building a product brings you to the first topic. One of the first topics we discuss is basically you you committing to a lot of very fixed functionality that you won't be able to change as quickly as you wanted to. Right, right. Got it. Okay. So I want to move on and talk about loan servicing. There's a lot of talk about a potential recession this year. The economic environment may end up being quite challenging. How should lenders be thinking about servicing given what may be in store for us this year? Yeah, it's like the downturn and lending are always, always like very interesting topics. And, uh, yep. you know, in my in my previous companies, like we learned a lot about those periods. So like I have some history from learning about like how, you know, people behave during the recession and how lenders like those that survive, I would say, like what they did differently from those that eventually had to write on the entire portfolios. I think the key for any lender is to keep the borrower, like I would say, financially healthy and happy because this is your loyal client customer. Losing them during the downturn means like losing probably the customer forever. We spoke before like about acquisition costs. You so much put like effort into acquiring this customer. And during this like pretty much the economic environment, you just need to be flexible enough and to weather out the period where the consumer experiences like, for example, financial hardship. And the flexibility is coming from a lot of different ways to work with your customer on the solution. One way can be, for example, they can like make no payments for three months, for example, right? Or they can lower the monthly payments for a given period. They can refinance the loan, they can extend the term, right? They can basically offer them to waive fee, for example, or to lower interest for, for quite a while. So there's a different multiple ways where like you can still help the customer and keep them on your platform without like charging them off or writing them off with your books. And that's where like the robust technology like will be very, very applicable at this point. If the lender doesn't have all these tools, they're likely going to lose the customer, unfortunately, and then the borrow forever because if they cannot accommodate the customer, they'll just say like, oh, sorry, guys, I can't pay you what you're asking me. And if you're not willing to work with me, I'm just going to walk away. And I'm going to, for example, either file for bankruptcy or just default on your loan because I just don't have the means. 
Right, right. When did you guys launch? It was before the pandemic, right? You had you had customers before the pandemic. Is that correct? Uh, that's correct. We launched like right before the pandemic. We like about four and a half years old. About first two years, we were heads down building a platform. So we launched our platform slightly about like two and a half years ago. So two and a half years ago. So right. So you really launching as this sort of pandemic was happening, what was that like? Because that was a crazy time for lenders because everyone thought the world was going to end and it ended up being the opposite. But uh, how was launching during that time and you know, for you guys? I think for us, it's overall went, went fine. What we did see when the pandemic started is like we saw a lot of like customers that were our initial customers we're talking to. They just say like, okay, let's take a pause. Like, let's wait for a couple months. And like, for us, it was nothing we could do at this point. And we just continued to talk to customers, but they just say like, I can't make any decision right now. Like I need to wait and see where the, where, where the world is going. So we were kind of like all this like brief hold of like, not like signing new customers, for example, not scaling existing customers. But for us, it was, uh, to be honest, like an opportunity just to reallocate the resources and build another feature and another enhancement to our platform because eventually we all were like optimistic that people will come back and the world will come back to operating the way it was before. Right, and yes, and clearly that that happens. So uh, I want to talk about something that you I read about last month where you launched this... Um, self-service migration tool maybe explain exactly how that works and why why really it's a big deal for lenders yeah that's one of the like you know best features that i'm super excited to launch recently if i take a step back for example like and give you a little bit overview of like why it's so important in, in space today because think about like a lender that that either sitting on their own existing system or they're using some legacy vendor and they really want to innovate and they want to offer new products. And because they have already this whole portfolio working on existing system, it's really hard for them to part away from this platform and move to another platform. And that's basically the core issue in our view that prevent the lenders from innovating and moving to a much better solution because they need to take the whole portfolio and move it to the new system and migration was always a challenge in the, in the lending market because to do a right migration, you need to involve so many parties. Like you need to make sure that like company that you're migrating to, allocating resources and making sure that like almost every single loan is like going through the whole migration and like numbers. And that's where we decided to innovate. And that's what we believe is very a game changer in the market. And we launched like what we call the first ever like self-migration tool. So what it means is it gives the lender the control to do the migration on their own. So if you if you think about our platform, which is API native uh, and API first like platform, the lenders like already need will get familiar with like how PitchWap operates and how it works, and they're going to use exactly the same API to migrate loans to our platform. So they don't need almost anyone else. Of course, Pitch will support them like to make sure they can do it. But they can like do it on their own term with their own resources, but they can test everything in our sandbox, for example. And when they're ready, they can start migrating in in production environment. So that's basically frees up the lenders from staying on their legacy platform, continuing to um, basically accumulate all these like inefficiencies. Mm-hmm. That's a very interesting tool that we launched. We already see like a lot of lenders like using it, and it's a really amazing tool. Lastly, like which is probably very important, it's very expensive if you're doing it like not as a self-service. Right, right, for sure. Last question as we wrap here. What's uh, 
What's next for Peach? What are you looking forward to um, you know, for the rest of this year? We have so much on the table, but uh, <laughs> but given where we are today, like and as a company, we we really build the whole infrastructure ground up, and we really found uh, the right market fit, and we see like a huge demand for our product. For us, like going forward, is to continue to bring happy customers on our platform, big clients, and we really want to stand behind like our mission to pretty much like improve lives, giving every lender the power to innovate. And the power to innovate is coming through Peach platform. And that's where we're trying to position, uniquely position ourselves to make sure that any new generation or existing lenders are able to weigh, to basically launch the next wave of innovative lending products. And that's what we're focused on. We're trying to continue. We are not trying. We actually continue to evolve our system as an innovative platform. And, and this year focuses will be continue to bring like very successful clients. Well, right. Well, I'll leave it there, Eddie. It's good. Great work you're doing. Uh, it's important work because the the lending space is g- continuing to go through all sorts of changes, and I expect a lot of uh, a lot of movement this year. So, best of luck to you, and thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Great chatting with you, Peter. If you like the show, please go ahead and give it a review on the podcast platform of your choice, and be sure to tell your friends and colleagues about it. Anyway, on that note, I will sign off. I very much appreciate you listening. And I'll catch you next time. Bye.